Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest updates on World Cup 2022. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you guys so much for joining us uh, as we go through our off-season content schedule, uh, where we are, of course, bringing you the World Cup 2022 updates, as uh, I said just a second ago. Um, thank you guys for popping in and hanging out with Jacob last night, uh, you know, Fantastic show as always. Jacob did a great job. And, uh, you know, man, what a tournament so far. Uh, today, of course, was uh, day five uh, of matches. Um, this is our fourth update. And, man, it's just been incredible. So um, thank you guys for being with me this evening. Uh, hopefully everything's coming across good on your side. I am out of town uh, from an undisclosed secure location. Um uh, so broadcasting remotely today, got to watch some World Cup with my family. So a uh, lot of fun, got to, you know, help them see what it is about the beautiful game that, that I love so much. And, and uh, you know, seeing uh, seeing former Everton man Richarlison get out there today was uh, fantastic. Adam, how you doing this evening? Glad to see you over here in the chat. Um, and let's just dive right into it, guys. Um you know, today four more matches took place. Um, groups G and H played today, uh, getting their first action of the 2022 World Cup underway. The 3 a.m. Mountain Time match was, uh, of course, Switzerland and Cameroon. Um, there really wasn't. Uh, I had to go back and watch this one later, and for me, this was a match that um, I really didn't expect a lot out of uh, Cameroon. Um, you know, Switzerland, obviously, in my opinion, is one of the, it is easily the, the more talented side here. You know, you've got, you've got a bunch of guys who play, uh, in the Bundesliga and across the other, you know, big five leagues, you know, Brio Imbolo, you've got, uh, Shakiri, you know, uh, favorite of mine, uh, Nico Elvedi and Jan Sommer both play, uh, in the Bundesliga for, uh, for Gladbach. So, you know. Fantastic to, to go back and see them play today and uh, get that, you know, get a, a win under their belts. Uh, Brio Imbolo, obviously, you know, he got the, the match winner there in the 48th minute. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's fairly even match in terms of stats and possession and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, Switzerland really just kind of, you know, they, they made the most of the, of the opportunities that they had. Um, you know, you look at... They just they just made the most of it. Um, you know, nothing to nothing to really take away from Cameroon. I mean, they played well. Um, you know, they had they had attempts at you know, seven seven total shots, three of which on the target. But you know, Jan Sommer, of course, you know, guy who is who's known for his his shot stopping ability in the Bundesliga. You know, stood up for for Switzerland today. So uh, you know, congrats to them and uh, great great uh, great showing for Switzerland. As they move into you know match number two next week, um, so yeah, for them it's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting couple remaining matches because you know they get Brazil and Serbia. Serbia, uh, Serbia should be a win I think for Switzerland. Um, again, that, that's going to be next week, and then Brazil. I mean. This is to me was probably one of the easier groups to look at in terms of who might advance you know, out into the knockout stages. Um, 
Serbia and Cameroon not necessarily the strongest clubs in the world. They're not going to you know compete with some of the some of the higher ranked teams. Uh, so for me, it's going to be Brazil and Switzerland. Um, I don't really see either of the other two uh, really making a run at that second spot. I think what it's going to come down to is there. It may be like you know, a nine-six point split, or maybe a seven-seven between Brazil. Probably just between Brazil and Switzerland. Um, but you know, it, it just remains to be seen. I mean, obviously anything can happen. We've seen upsets uh, so far, um, but that's kind of where I'm. I'm looking at things, uh, or how I look at it going forward into next week. Um, heading on over into the other Group G match, uh, that one of course was uh, Brazil and Serbia, and <laughs> I gotta say, uh, this is one. It, it took Brazil a while to play into the match. It took them a while to to really find like a quality opening, and you know when they finally did in the second half, it was just over. It was just all over uh, for Serbia. Uh, you look at the stats, and you know, it, you know possession is fifty-three percent in favor of Brazil. Um, you know, twenty-four shots by by Brazil, ten of which were on target. Um, so, I mean, their their accuracy wasn't great, but they were by far the better side. You know, Brazil is a, is a club that I looked at heading into this they're my favorite uh, to win the whole thing um, that lineup is just stacked top to bottom and you just saw the, the difference in quality of the players on the pitch and it was just it was just apparent top to bottom um, you know I do want to shout out a uh, former Everton man and uh, one of one of my favorite players in, in recent memory uh, Richarlison, uh, Richarlison was just, he, he had a Richarlison game. Like he, he, much like the rest of Brazil, like he just kind of played his way into it and couldn't really find anything, but it was, you know, again, there in the second half, you know, they, they found some openings. And when you look at just the, the way that they play and just the way that, you know, uh, Richarlison himself plays like he's he's not an out and out nine he never has been you know he's a guy that likes to come in off the wing cut in towards the middle and you know that's something that we've known we've seen that for years in the Premier League um and so to see the interplay there between uh between uh Richarlison and Neymar and and those guys like it was just it was just fun it was so much fun to see. And then, of course, I, I think we got the goal of the tournament the, there with Richarlison's second one. Uh, just an unbelievable ability to control the ball, bring it down, and then, uh, you know, leave his feet. And not quite – I don't – I mean, you just – you got to watch it. Go watch the highlights today. I mean, Fox Sports, you know, put it out across their social media asking what was the goal of the day. Um and I mean, hands down, Richarlison, the, the second goal that he hit, just unbelievable skill with his feet, control of his body, um, and being able to you know, put that ball on on frame. Like that's something that not many people are going to be able to do, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, Brazil, Richarlison, Neymar, um, 
really great showing for them today. Uh, they are, like I said, for me, they are the heavy favorites um, to win the entire thing. Um, it, it's going to take a, a tremendous effort by somebody to to uh, to, to knock them out. Um, now, there are some concerns for Neymar. Uh, he did, of course, pick up a, uh, an injury uh, during this match. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, you know, their match, next match is uh, against Switzerland on Monday. Um, uh, they're saying it's a, it's a sprained right ankle. So, I mean, obviously that's, that does put a damper on on Brazil and it does remove one of the one of the biggest attacking threats in the world um you know Neymar has been such a huge part of what Brazil wants to do um so but you know Brazil has just a ton of talent on that side um so while the so while the while the loss of Neymar is going to be a an obstacle that they need to overcome. I don't necessarily think that. Oh, I don't see it as being one that's going to prevent them from going forward. I also don't think it's going to be uh, one that, in my mind, I don't see. I don't. I don't see it dampening their their chances because. You know, as long as it's not a serious sprain, um, it's something he could potentially come back from uh, before the later stages of the knockout rounds. Um, so I think, but even then, I, mean, I think Brazil is just in a really great spot um, to to continue to go forward and and prevent France from uh, from repeating. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've seen that happen. So, I mean, while France is a, is a talented side, I mean, I just I think Brazil, even with this injury here, um, you know, they have they've got the talent. I mean, you look at, at the forwards on their on their on their call ups like Richarlison, Neymar, Rafinha, uh, Jesus, Anthony, Vinicius, Rodrigo, Pedro. Martinelli, it's just insane. The amount of talent across the board uh, for Brazil. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty incredible. Um, yeah, so I mean, Brazil, really fun to watch them. I mean, their biggest concern is going to be um, making sure that they're not playing down to their opposition and you know not necessarily and avoiding slow starts because you see when clubs get into these slow starts and we saw it um you know with germany and japan you know G germany started that out really slow and it came back to bite them in the end you know they weren't able to put away japan and so that's the one thing i think brazil has working against them if they don't come out quickly get a goal early they might against switzerland they may find themselves having to come from behind but um I, I just I don't see a big threat coming out of that or you know anything really standing in the way of uh, of Brazil 
making it uh, all the way to the final. So um, final two matches of the day. These were the um, apologies. The nine and twelve o'clock games, Mountain Time. Uh, the first of those was Uruguay and Korea. Uh, watching this game, to me, it felt like it. Korea seemed to me like they were the better side. Now, obviously, the stats don't really bear that out too much. Um, I mean, neither club was good going towards goal, but this is this to me is one where. South Korea played above their level, or you know, the Korean Republic, I should say, played above their level, uh, and Uruguay played down. Um, and I think that's something that's going to come back and, and bite Uruguay in the long run. Um, they didn't show anything to really make me think that they're going to stand out in this tournament. I wasn't really big on them coming into it. Um, I mean, they're ranked 14th in the world right now. And Korea's ranked 28. So, I mean, obviously Korea does have some talent. They've got Son. They've got uh, some other guys that are just extremely pacey. And they can put the ball in some really tight areas. But, yeah, I mean, this was Uruguay's match to lose. And while they didn't lose it, they certainly didn't do themselves any favors um, by picking up a win. So, I mean, looking at group, looking at group H, like, I'm trying to remember who... I don't know if I said, oh, yeah, Portugal. I, I think I have Portugal and Uruguay coming out of this. Um, but yeah, like I said Uruguay, they've got a tough road ahead of them, particularly after seeing how the other two remaining teams played. Um, Uruguay just, I mean, it was just a massive, like, letdown. You know, you've got guys like Godin, Caceres, um, you know, Luis Suarez, Darwin Nunez. Like, nobody seemed to really connect or, or find that, you know, that final touch. And, you know, they had issues from what I saw. And, you know, the, I think the pace of Korea kind of hurt them, you know. Um, now, whether or not this is detrimental in the long run to Uruguay, I don't know. But uh, South Korea could potentially threaten for that second spot. I mean, even Ghana could after after their performance today as well. So, I mean, Uruguay's got to step up. They've got to figure out something before uh, their second match next week. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, maybe they can start stringing some stuff together in, in a couple of days that they have off in between. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, I think this is a big result for South Korea. Um, not an upset by any means, but it's one that I don't think most people expected. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's a positive result for South Korea. Korea, I apologize. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that right. I think the positive result for Korea, and I think it gives them some confidence going into next week uh, when they do play, you know, Ghana and uh, Portugal. So, speaking of Portugal, uh, this is the first match where I really start to take an exception to, uh, to the referees. Now. Being a referee myself, I understand the calls. I understand the penalty in the second half call um, awarded to to Ronaldo. I get it. Is it a foul? Yes. Is it a very soft foul? 
also yes. Now the laws of the game don't don't give wiggle room on soft versus hard. Like then because then you get into all sorts of weird areas. I mean stuff like calls are aware are already at a referee's discretion. But this one here was just really hard to swallow from as an objective observer. You know, as a member of the media, you know, I can crit I, I'm more than happy to criticize as a referee. I agree. Like it, it's it's a penalty. Like it sucks. But it is. And this was a match where where Portugal just left so much undone. They left so many opportunities on the pitch. They consistently played down. Now, Portugal said it's not getting any younger. I mean, Ronaldo's not getting any younger. This is this is his fifth World Cup appearance. Um, he's also now the, the first player to score in five consecutive World Cups, or maybe it's five World Cups altogether. But he's not getting any younger. That Portugal side is not getting any younger. And it showed. Um, Portugal gave Ghana a whole bunch of openings, particularly late in the match. And so, you know, Portugal, you know, they did go up off the penalty conversion. And then, I mean, Ghana had played them tough the entire, the entire match. And so you look at that and you say, okay, well, even though Portugal is, is leading stat wise, you know, they're just absolutely, you know, uh, taking it to them for much of the match in terms of possession and attacking opportunities and things like that. Ghana didn't buckle. Like, yeah, they gave up some shots. They gave up some attempts, but they didn't buckle. They didn't give Portugal really like unbur. Uh, they didn't give them unadulterated challenges or attempts, you know, like the unchallenged attempts, I should say, you know, they, they played them tough. And, you know, aside from the penalty, which obviously, you know, it's just, you know, the one-on-one. Ghana was, Ghana was, look, Ghana was good against Portugal. They played them really well. Um, you know, and, and, and they just, they, Ghana kept fighting. They came back, you know, and they, they leveled the match up, uh, won a piece, and then they went down again. And then, you know, uh, going down 2-1 before they picked up a second goal in the 89th and like they just continued to find holes in Portugal and Portugal left a lot to be desired for uh in my opinion from a from an offensive standpoint from a defensive standpoint um I can't really I was about, I was just about to say I can't really fault the keeper too much for the two goals but then it Towards the end of towards the end of the match, you know, you see the the Ghana player come running up from behind, and this is something we've seen. We've seen videos of stuff like this happening. The Ghana player comes from behind of Diogo Costa and tries to take the ball off him. And had he not had he not lost his footing, we could be talking about a three-three Portugal Ghana match, which which no one would have expected. I mean, it just, it just goes to show like how, 
even though we have clubs that are favored and you know the beautiful game is just this like there's there's all these opportunities that these clubs are getting and they're they're trying their best to take advantage of it and you know they're being presented especially in this match here with opportunity after opportunity to get back into the game and portugal has to me coming out of this portugal has far more questions than ghana does um ghana seems to know who they are the way they want to attack the way they want to play portugal has issues as good as they are attacking with the guys that they have portugal's got it they, they really do they, they really have issues and you know i mean you can't rely solely on ronaldo and obviously you know, with the talent they have bruno fernandez jao felix otavio neves silva jao can say like, it's player after player after player who is capable of putting the ball into the back of the net and yeah they have three different goal scorers today you know and, and and it just shows the the talent that they have. But how are they, are they? Do they do they play up to the level of Switzerland? Do, or do they do they allow Switzerland to to get in to stay in that match next week? Do they allow um, Switzerland to play their game, or does or does Portugal sit here and go okay? We have things we got to figure out. We're going to enforce our will upon this game. We're going to make them play our style. We're going to be better at the back. And I mean, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, not, not. Why am I saying that's Switzerland? Um, Korea or Uruguay next week. Um, you know, while I don't see either of them like challenging for that number one spot. I mean, there's a real. If Portugal doesn't improve the way that they play, there's a very real chance that they come out of this group with only five points. Now, I still, I still think that they're a lock to get out. Um, so I do think they pick up a win in one of these two. But you know, they, they, they've got to figure out some things. They do. They got to shore up. Shore up for me. The biggest issue is that defensive line. The gaps that were there in that defense were just glaringly obvious. And Ghana took advantage without a doubt. Um, so full credit to Ghana and the way that they played today. It's just one of those things where, you know, if you have deficiencies somewhere in, on your squad in, a, in an environment like this, it's gonna be it's gonna be glaring to people watching from the outside looking in. It's, so, if, if it's that obvious to those of us, you know, halfway around the world, it's got to be obvious to the the coaching staff and the players, you know. And so they've got to take these next couple of days and and fix those issues. So looking ahead to uh the the friday slate of games this is these are the big ones well this is uh the big one i should say for the for the u.s here um the 3 a.m mountain time match is wales versus iran um if iran does not win they will be eliminated that that's uh, that's what happens here um wales with a win Puts the U.S. in a really tough spot. A draw 
not so terrible, but yeah, uh, Iran's basically all but eliminated after this match if they don't pick up a win. Um, I think, I think looking at this one, I I, I want to say Wales is favored, but Iran played tough despite their six-two scoreline the other day against England, and so. I think Iran could give them a run for their money. So this is one I'm definitely going to check out later in the day. Um, not one that I'm going to wake up for and watch, but it's definitely one on my watch list um, for tomorrow. Uh, Qatar-Senegal, 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Senegal played well in their opening match. Um, they, they didn't come out... Um, And like and like blow anybody's you know uh, expectations out of the water, uh, but they came out. They they played fairly well. They had some opportunities to score. Um, you know, a win here, and Senegal could be fighting Ecuador for that second spot to come out of Group A. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, I don't expect anything out of Qatar from this match uh, at all. So. But, yeah, again, you never know. Um, watch that one at your own discretion. There may be better things to do in the morning. I don't know. Um, but Netherlands, Ecuador, both clubs obviously won the first match uh, of the World Cup this year. Uh, for me, Netherlands is the favorite in this one. Um, and I, they, they've, they had some issues, too, the other day. Yeah, yes, they won, but this is one where... Um, it took them quite a while to get going. So um going to be a lot of fun. That's the 9 a.m. Mountain Time match, Netherlands-Ecuador. Uh, my money's on Netherlands going into this. Um, <clears throat> but I would not be shocked if Ecuador pulled out a draw or even a win out of this. It just depends on how Netherlands comes uh, out of the gate tomorrow. And then finally, of course, the, the big one, uh, the noon Mountain Time game. England versus the U.S. This is one that has been building and, and building to, you know, everyone's been looking forward to this as soon as the, the groups were announced. Um, England was impressive in their 6-2 win over Iran uh, the other day. U, the U.S. looked great for about 60 minutes, which is something you guys have heard us say on this show uh, many, many times before about New Mexico. United looked great for about 60 minutes, and then the, the bottom falls out. Uh, U.S. of course gave up a late penalty to Gareth Bale uh, on Monday, put, you know, putting letting Wales get back into it and pick up a draw. Uh, I don't want to say this is a must-win for the U.S., but they they need to get a result out of here. Um, England does not has not historically played well against the U.S. in in, in major tournaments. So that's one thing that the U.S. does have going for it. Um, but, I mean, the, the England squad is tried. They're tested. They they are extremely talented. Uh, you know, England's number one, Jordan Pickford, Everton man. Um, like, just top to bottom, England is, is a very good side. Um, so this, this may end up being closer than we think. Um, but the U.S. has got to figure something out. Bernhalter maybe get some subs in a little bit earlier. I don't know what he's going to adjust tactically to try to uh, to try to counter what um, 
what the three lions want to do, but noon mountain time tomorrow. This is the big one, guys. Um, a loss in the U.S. I mean, the U.S. can't be eliminated tomorrow, no matter what. Um, but obviously, we're, we're hoping for a win. I think a draw is more likely. Um, but do not be surprised if the U.S. loses this. I mean, England is talented. The U.S. is a young team uh, who, despite their talent, again, we talked about it before, they haven't been playing well in that lead-up to the World Cup. So um, keep an eye on this match. We'll see what happens. And uh, before I get here, just wanted to tell everyone, th- uh, thank you again for tuning in, for listening to all of our shows this week. do appreciate you guys. And a uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, wherever you may be. And uh, until next time. Somos Unidos.